welcome to the Conversations About Light podcast, a King's Cross podcast, illuminating our desire to engage in lighthearted conversations that are grounded in scripture. Our hope is that through these conversations, our community will be encouraged and grow in their curiosity about light. All right, welcome to our bonus episode of Conversations About Light. Um, we're going to dive straight into the scripture for today, um, Luke 16, verse 18, surrounding marriage and divorce. Um, so I'll hand it over to you, Josh, to read the scripture for today. Thanks, Caleb. Luke 16, verse 18 reads, Everyone who divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. And he who marries a woman divorced from her husband commits adultery. All right. So what is the context of this passage? Yeah, so this is a bonus episode, right? And um, I guess it's not that lighter-hearted conversation, <laughs> but an important one. So I think the, the, the context is very important to notice here so that we don't get things wrong. Um, scripture must always be read in its context. Jesus is speaking to the religious elite, those who are self-righteous and see no need for Jesus. They don't like Jesus. They're the ones that are going to want to put Jesus to death. And he is trying to show them very well and clearly the state of their hearts. And so he's picking certain things like money and marriage to really prick at their hearts and show um, how wrong they have it or how uh, unrighteous they are. And so... What he does is he shows the Pharisees how they've undermined the law. This is what they're so proud about is how they've kept the law and they're righteous before the Lord. And um, what's happened is some of the Pharisees have interpreted Deuteronomy 24 verse 1 to 4 very liberally. Um, There was a a sage, a Jewish sage named Hillel, who is probably the most influential teacher And his interpretations of the Jewish Bible were considered the norm. Everyone just lived by them. Um, They can be found in the Halakha. And that's a collection um, of writing, or or it's the the collection of Jewish religious laws which have been derived from the written and oral Torah. And so in there, there's this kind of liberality around certain things, um, this loosening of the law of God on people. And so... That what one of the things the Pharisees had done is completely undermined the sacredness of marriage, and they had uh, created this kind of certificate of divorce for any reason. And and when I say any reason, for example, if um, a husband didn't like his wife's cooking, he could divorce her. That was <laughs> that you know, um, love. I don't you know, I, I don't like the kebab. Um, she's out. She's wow. now now wow. you know the the marriage is over. Um, and then with this freedom, with a certificate of divorce, then you could go marry whoever you want. So, so you can imagine how that was used and abused, um, especially against women. Um, if, a, if a husband didn't like the way his wife looked any longer, he could divorce her. And you certainly can't find that um, anywhere in Scripture, but that's, that was, that's what had become the norm. Um, so I think the result is that Jesus is saying... Um, the result to what Jesus is saying is kind of either one pride uh, where they go, this guy undermines our religion and condemns us. Let's get rid of him. And we know that's what happens. But you've, you've got to respond to Jesus one way or the other. Or the second response is humility where they could have gone, he's right. We actually are sinners. 
Uh, we haven't lived according to God's law and we need help. Jesus, how can we be forgiven? And this is kind of how the crowd responded in Acts 2. Um, what can we do to be saved? Which is not how the Pharisees responded here. Um, so Jesus' correct, correction is, um, is he's correcting the way that they've undermined the law. It's a way of revealing their hearts. Um, he's bringing out a response to reflect their hearts. He's not specifically teaching about marriage and divorce here. It's not his teaching um, in that way. Uh, and so we could ask ourselves whether we see how we have sinned according to God's law and see how um, we need God's forgiveness in the same way. All of us have kind of things in which God has a will and a way and we've undermined it mm. and made it normative in our life and then the Holy Spirit might come in and convict us through the truth and we have an opportunity to either stand against that or yeah. an opportunity to humble ourselves and repent, which which is what Jesus is giving them. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Uh, it is a, is a diffi- difficult text. <laughs> it is a very difficult text, and uh, we, we kind of missed it in the first episode, and that's why the bonus episode, it's one line. And, and in the Luke context, uh, as we're talking about context, it's just this one line that appears. And if you read it like that, you go, oh, my goodness, what what's going on there? Um, I think putting it into the context, if you read it, 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 it appears in Matthew it appears in Mark in great context where, where the Pharisees are interacting with Jesus over this, this question of marriage. And like Mark said, Jesus is interacting here with the Pharisees about marriage and their kind of framework for, I'll just sign this little piece of paper and destroy my wife. Mm. And Jesus is going, and, and the, the reason they've done that is to maintain their appearance of righteousness. Mm. And so you can see how they're like absolutely abusing God's law and marriage, so they're destroying two things really, um, yeah. you know, and that's brutal. And so this is a, a direct rebuke to that to those two things, I think. And so for context, when you read that one liner, mm-hmm. you have to apply it through those lenses. That Jesus is directly addressing the Pharisees who have completely destroyed their own marriages, and so they haven't. They're not loving their wives. They're not. They're just sending them away with writing a simple piece of paper whenever they feel like it. And he's explaining to them that no, that well, actually, you are divorcing your wife. <laughs> you you think you're not because what what's gone on in your heart is you've just um, obliterated her, mm. and so Jesus is really pushing back harsh. I think the other thing for context is if you read that one liner, it's hard. You need to put it in the context of uh, uh, Matthew five, where Jesus says, you know, divorce uh, on the grounds of adultery. One Corinthians seven for unbelieving poems. So there are other contexts, I guess. What I'm just saying for context. Mm. If you read that verse by itself, it can be um, quite quite a difficult one. But when you put it in the light of, yeah, well, actually, I can see what the Pharisees are doing. They're obliterating God's law. And that happens not just with divorce, but right across the whole spectrum. You know, yeah. we, we ourselves are, are, are guilty in, in ways of doing that with God's law ourselves. You know? Yeah, and it's. I think I just add to that. I think when Jesus, none of us escape this, actually, this kind of prick of the heart, because... Mm. It's not so much it's not so much Jesus' teaching on marriage and divorce specifically as much as it is Jesus revealing our hearts that are contrary to the will of God and, and money and, and marriage is something that they've done particularly badly. But if we think about Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he gets to all of our hearts where he says, yeah. If you have lust in your heart, you've committed adultery. So you know, it's not even the remarried, it's this it's the <laughs> single, it's the married, it's anyone 
has this potential to live contrary to the will of God, contrary to standard for us. And, yeah. and if we forget that, then we start to stand in self-righteousness and pride. And I think the point is to continually, humbly see our need for God and his righteousness. Yeah. Um, as opposed to over here, what we, what we shouldn't do is, I think, is have a black and white teaching uh, that just blankets everyone. Yeah. Very good. That's yeah, really helpful, creating that context. Um, it'll be good to get into how should we think about marriage and divorce and, and the relationship. Yeah, Josh alluded to some of these texts already. Um, what's interesting is, so here's a few thoughts. Marriage is a gift from God to model his covenant to us. So it's an unbreakable union, and that's where it should stay. It's a God-given gift. Only God gets to decide what it is, and it, it's supposed to be an unbreakable union. Now, even those who who never get divorced, it, you know, none of our marriages are perfect the way, but it is supposed to be symbolic of something greater and divine and perfect that we have in relationship with God. That's mm. in Ephesians five thirty-two. Um, divorce was never God's intention, but Jeremiah three eight and. Uh, Josh mentioned an Isaiah text in our earlier conversation mentions God's divorce, uh, that God has been divorced. He's experienced a divorce. I think there's even some compassion there for those who have gone through breakdown, uh, marital breakdowns, that God understands um, and and would have an immense amount of compassion for you know something that's not supposed to break, um, breaks down. Um, God has been there. He has had an unfaithful bride. Um, and that speaks, you know, this isn't, we're not going to get into it today, but that speaks so much into his faithfulness and his mercy and his, the way that he, he provided justice to bring us back to himself. Divorce occasionally is permitted for specific reasons in Matthew 19, um, 1 Corinthians 7, you can go read, um, but in it's never normalized. It's never become as part of kind of a normal feature of marriage. It you know, the, the goal is always still that marriage should be unbreakable, an unbreakable bond. Um, but I think what, what God is honest about is that divorce happens. And I think we, we need to be honest about that too. Uh, but at best, it's permitted, but never kind of the goal or, yeah, it's limited and regulated. So I, I think uh, the point is just that we should always have this high goal and view of marriage and um, be aware that we live in a broken world fallen world and uh, there will be be times where marriage does end in divorce um and how do we we um, respond to that the problem with divorce is that it undermines the picture of god's covenant towards us and staying aware of that um that that's the problem with it and so we we must uphold marriage i think the question did you want to I think that's right. The idea of the loopholes that the Pharisees have added in is kind of the undermining of all of that, right? We've added all these little loopholes to get away from what, what God had had intended in marriage. I think the yeah. the um, also just to comment on the expression that God experienced a divorce, I think the first divorce is, is uh, when Adam and Eve broke from God. They broke their covenant with God and God yeah. went through the pain of, of losing what he had with even in the perfection of the garden. Um, same with Israel when, when the Jeremiah text is like, I've sent you away because you've been unfaithful. Eventually God sends Israel into Babylon and he, he in a sense, loses his bride. The amazing thing is that God has a rescue plan through all of that. The kind yeah. of the beautiful upheld picture of marriage is God's incredible steadfast love yeah. for us. 
And then, and again, the Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah 50 text where it's like, go and fetch your certificate of divorce. He's like, I know what, I know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> and that, and through all of that, through all the, and, and in a sense, divorce is always that picture. There's, whenever, if, if you've been through divorce, there's, you'll know there's incredible struggle and pain. And that's what divorce kind of shows us in, in one sense, just the, the, the brutal uh, difficulty of, of that kind of separation. Mm. And yet God in his, his picture is that, that ultimate and beautiful picture is that God is the one who's mm. ho- upholding his covenant on his side and rescuing our side, which is what he does with Israel. He, he rescues her again. And so I think that half view of marriage comes from God, that he's mm. the, the beautiful rescuer. The one who who redeems and rescues, despite and and yet and God knows what, what it means to have um, had a covenant uh, yeah. wrecked wrecked in some way. You know? Yeah. So to answer Caleb's question, how could we think about marriage and divorce? I I, I think I want to give kind of maybe six steps, and and I'm aware that what this isn't going to do is answer people's questions. People want black and white. Can I? Can't I? Is it right? Is it wrong? What case? What mm. situation? And you know, I think spiritually we see in the Bible that the the, the reasons for divorce that are given have a, a spiritual um, correlation to unfaithfulness to God, which again just kind of reiterates God's plan and purpose in the gospel to rescue us and redeem us, and so that that gets lived out in our, our worldly marriages as well. But what I'm not going to do is I don't think we're going to give a black and white answer. I think rather six mm. steps that land us in a, a kind of a place of grace and understanding which I, I think maybe is a better position to begin from, and then we can continue conversations about this, and I think it, that would be wise to do. Um, but a place to begin maybe is, not, number one, marriage is a spiritual and divine institution given to humanity by God. Therefore, it's only God who can decide what it is, how it works, and when, if it can, and should end. Um, that's number one. Number two, there are grounds for divorce, but these are not a way out. They're never a loophole. They must never be like the Pharisees who lower the bar and try and find easy ways out of difficult relationships. We should always try to work it out if possible. Number three, a married couple should never aim for divorce, yet we must accept there will be divorces. Number four, some remarriages are considered a sin. Not all remarriage is considered a sin. Hmm. Number five, where there is repentance, there is forgiveness of sin and blessing from God. So if four struck you hard, then please listen to five again. Where there is repentance, there is forgiveness of sin and blessing from God. And number six, we must never forget how gracious God is. I love uh, God's invitation in all, in all things where we struggle is to rescue us you know, and to... Um, we always need God to top up everything we do, you know, whether it's our marriage, our, our kids, our relationships. And so in, I just find that in everything, there's kind of our reality and what God draws us to and and who God is and displays for us. So I think that's uh, something of hope that in, in all things, mm-hmm. we're, we're aiming, I like what you said, that we're not aiming at divorce, we're aiming at, at what God's picture is. Yeah. We're aiming at uh, how he... Um, displays it and how he uh, and his love his kindness his goodness and these things and that doesn't mean the absence of struggle and and that's right across from marriage to suffering to every in every area there's there's struggle there's the fall 
but our, our aim is to um, come back into God's uh, perfect and good design and, and, and back towards his goodness. Yeah. Very good. Just want to caveat it with if uh, anyone listening to this um, in our community is wrestling with any questions relating to the relationship of marriage and divorce, if I could just encourage you to have a conversation with one of the elders and pastors here at King's Cross. Yeah, great. Maybe a question I could maybe leave for us is, um, you know, God's divorce spoken about in Jeremiah 3.9 shows us that the heart of sin is often indifference to God's will. That's what the problem is, is in indifference to God's will. So I think we should all single married, divorced, remarried, all of us, whatever state you find yourself in, we all need to continue to care about God's will and to re- repent whenever necessary. Um, none of us, whether we've been married once for 50 years, never been married, been married more than once, or at the moment only been married once, but have experienced divorce, all of us need to repent whenever necessary, and all of us need to remind ourselves of God's grace. So the question I think I'd like to leave is a two-part question. The first part is, do I view marriage as a symbol of God's covenant to his people? Do I have that high view of marriage, that marriage is a symbol of God's covenant to his people? And number part two of the question Do I view others, all others, whatever their status, do I view them with grace? Thanks for joining us today. To learn more, head over to perthchurch.com.au where you can find sermon resources that dive deeper into these conversations. If you found this conversation helpful, we would love you to leave a review and share it with your family and friends.